Welcome to the No Black Podcast, Ape Reality. I'm Tom Barbelay, and today is March 30th, 2014. Seems relatively standard for me just to give an apology about how there haven't been very many Ape Realities recorded recently, but to be perfectly frank, I've almost completely disregarded using Ape Reality as a format going forward. I'm going to record special Ape Realities occasionally, I'm going to use it as a kind of general feed to cover a wide variety of other things, usually No Black related. But if you want to hear a near-weekly podcast where I surface some No Blake related content and talk a little bit about some of my ideas with No Blake, but oftentimes about how you can use that concepts in artificial life very productively, I recommend that you check out the Stone Ape podcast, nobleape.com slash stone. You will be able to hear me and futurist linguist Heron Stone rap on a wide variety of topics. I've heard from some folk, Gerald Jung in particular, that the Stone Ape format is just a bit too eclectic, a bit too much additional stuff for his interests. However, my hope is that a general listener group, the folks that regularly tune into Ape Reality, will be able to easily convert over to the Stone Ape podcast and get the format. If you're not currently listening to the Stone Ape podcast, but you're listening to Ape Reality, or you've tried the Stone Ape podcast and you don't like it, then uh, please let me know, because then I will be motivated to record more Ape Reality podcasts. But as these things happen, what uh, what has gone on really with the Biota podcast and Ape Reality is just that I haven't gotten any degree of listener interaction, and in stark contrast to Stone Ape, and of course the ever-growing behemoth that is Model Rail Radio, my response has typically been that if I'm not getting listener feedback, I'll just continue to do what I'm doing, which is what's been going on with Noble Ape recently. Before I get into some of the deeper details with Noble Ape, I did want to talk a little bit about the concept of artificial life and my attendance of the Artificial Life Conference. My plan this year, primarily due to work commitments actually, but also the travel and time constraints and I don't know, a relatively ho-hum feeling having attended the last Artificial Life Conference is that I won't be attending the Artificial Life Conference in New York this coming Northern Hemisphere summer. I had thought about attending, I had thought about whether I could work it out with work, but really, unfortunately, from my last attendance at the Artificial Life Conference two years ago, I'm going into that phase which I had talked to previous Biota participants about, about is my project really this thing called Artificial Life? While the conferences represent something, they don't really represent something that I've been attached to through my Noble Ape development, and I do feel rather strange after how many years calling Noble Ape Artificial Life to... uh, to move away from this group of folk. But in terms of the industrial outreach that I've been doing through Conscious in the Cloud, you may have heard some of that through these uh, recordings. I also put out, I think, almost all the audio through the Biota feed. So if you're not hearing it through Ape Reality, you will be hearing it through the Biota feed. Apologies to folks who are just sick of having to subscribe to, you know, three different podcasts in order to get half of my material. (laughs) But yeah, I do kind of get a sense of what is Biota, what is... Ape reality, what is Stone Ape in this context? And I think, yeah, Ape reality is just flagged through this. So, in the future, what is Noble Ape? What do I see Noble Ape as being? Well, my view is that Noble Ape is Noble Ape. It's a simulation of a variety of different concepts in order to understand uh, social interaction, social dynamics, and to pose interesting questions like, you know, what happens to societies after war? Uh, how a deity is created through, um, you know, social evolution and mythology, uh, how do groups survive in various environments and to a certain extent both genetically and socially evolve 
of these environments, yes, in a perfect world, this would be part of something called artificial life. And maybe in 30 years' time, or maybe even in 15 years' time, the artificial life community will have caught up with these things. But as it is for now, the stuff that I'm seeing in kind of academic artificial life research... Part of that is MIT Press. I mean, part of that is the fact that my past two year subscription in the Artificial Life Journals have just not been arriving. And part of that is just that I'm investing a lot of time in no play. So that's the Artificial Life discussion, Artificial Life conference. I'm yet to officially inform the International Society of Artificial Life. I'm not sure who listens to this particular recording, but I'll probably be in contact. And if they still want me as their industry person on their board, um, I guess I can continue to do that. But certainly what I'm trying to do with Conscious in the Cloud is actually to build a local community that wouldn't necessarily affiliate themselves with artificial life. They have a wide variety of different skills. A large number of them are journalistic and philosophical more than anything, descriptive. And um, that is a thing pretty well in and of itself. I don't think there are going to be any companies or any industry uh, development through that. It's more uh, a generally good way of meeting a bunch of people. Now on to Noble Ape. For, I guess, the past six months, I have been working on what I had historically called the atomic threading model of Noble Ape. This has been a long time coming. Five years, in fact. And through this, I guess I've had a series of requirements that I've had to develop through the simulation currently. The only thing that you can't get through this atomic threading is uh, consistency over time cycles. In order to get consistency over time cycles, I would probably have to do more refinement. So what this means is you take a period of time in Noble Ape simulation, you load the simulation, you load all the apes, you set it running for five simulated days. You get another copy of the simulation, you load the same file with the same set of apes, you simulate for five simulated days. You are not guaranteed for getting the same results. If you want to get the same results, then you can do it unthreaded quite comfortably. And I suspect, actually, that there's a very interesting project for someone who's interested in terms of actually trying to understand what is going on with the threading model. However, what do you get? Well, with threading through the command line, and this is actually the GUI command line, which is where it's particularly more curious, you can get anywhere... Well, you can get basically up to the number of processes optimization. It really is very extraordinary that I've gotten it to the point where if you have eight processes, you will typically see a six to eight times improvement, which is just mind-blowing. To see this running, actually, it's almost... Well, when you see it running just through the GUI, you don't get that much. And I'm still trying to understand why... I think because the GUI has the main simulation thread on the main thread, or perhaps off the main thread, but sufficiently close. Through the command line, however, it's an independent thread that's actually running and driving all the other threads. And that seems to work considerably better than anything that's attached to um, the graphics update thread. So through this particularly through the command line GUI combination, you just see phenomenally fast execution of the simulation, but at the cost of um, reproducibility over time. So I'm not really sure how much I want reproducibility over time. I just would like reliable execution of the simulation at speed currently. But it's it's implemented. I mean, my interest actually is to get folks involved who do have a solid background in threading optimization and performance so they can have a look at the ideas that I'm using and give me any pointers. I've done various things like waiting. So originally it was a kind of one ape, one thread, one execution. And now I have like for certain lightweight stuff, I might have 64 apes per thread per execution. And for more intense stuff, I have 
maybe eight apes per thread per execution. And I think for the brain uh, simulation, the cognitive simulation, I probably have about four apes per thread per execution. So part of that is just even weighting. But it is very scalable. I've tested it on uh, four core processors and eight core processors quite comfortably. I'm actually interested in finding 16 and 32 out in the wild. But so we now get to an interesting point. Do I actually work on the networking component of the simulation, which could ultimately kind of blow the roof off these possibilities, although obviously the communication of of data is going to be the difficulty through this? Or as I'm doing currently, I'm looking actually at the visualization component, because I think the one thing that is really lacking currently with Noble Ape is a kind of compelling visualization element. I mean, we've had the Ocelot interface for, well, more than 10 years now. And I think I've tacked on as much to that as possible. It's an interface I like. I like various aspects to it. But I've been thinking quite critically about potentially top-down or true, well, (laughs) true flat graphics isometric projection uh, as being the next stage. Top-down gives a number of advantages. You could fill a lot of information in top-down. You could do a lot of kind of beautiful stuff with vegetation, the trees, you know, the grasses. Even the noble apes, you can start creating very interesting uh, visual patterns. I would probably take it down to a resolution of maybe 256 by 256 pixels for the noble apes top down with a view that you could do some third patterning. You should could do some unique identification. Isometric projection, obviously, you get a lot of interesting stuff through that as well. You get the ability to have kind of text floating in the air which has some benefits, particularly if you're passing on a lot of information in a relatively small area. Or I could do both. I mean, why be either or? I think part of the graphics engine for this is uh, just moving between these spaces very rapidly. And obviously, while you might go down to 256 by 256 pixels, you probably should reduce that down to a single pixel, even in the highest map resolution, or maybe even 2 by 2 or potentially even uh, 4 by 4 just so the apes are super identifiable, basically, through the interface. So I'm doing some rough math on that currently, with the view that initially it'll probably be a, a pretty horrible uh, Tom Barbelay drawn, you know, top-down interface. I mean, I can do some interesting stuff with the plants and the grasses and things like that, but the actual apes themselves and these kind of things is probably going to be remarkably disappointing. I will create a, a graphics editor, um, which is critical for this, and through that you'll get the 256, 256, but also uh, the ability to see the apes at various other scales as well and rotation and things like that. I'll probably only do the graphics editor for the Mac. I don't really have any incentive in doing it for any other platforms currently, although the underlying binaries will obviously, the underlying you know graphical representations will obviously work for the other platforms too. If I had a particularly compelling or amazingly good graphical artist who I couldn't get a Mac to, I might consider, um, you know, getting into Windows, what have you. I've done this through a couple of restarts, maybe four or five times through the history of Noble And I'm relatively mindful that, um, I mean, my original thought was actually to take the engine from Noble Warfare and bring that back because I did do uh, a basic, I don't know what you call it, like a voxel 3D um, animation thing for uh, for Noble Warfare at one stage, but I couldn't actually find that code. I looked for it. Um, I probably need to go back to long historical backups. I think for a period of time it was probably checked in somewhere, 
I just can't find where it is. So, yeah, that is going to be a very interesting project. I'm also, I've, I've reduced my contact with graphic artists considerably. I have one occasional graphic artist that I'm using for some additional stuff on the field of chaos rewrite. And I think I probably could use her for some of these no-blape animations as well. I also have contact with another guy in Australia who I probably could come call on board. In fact, I probably should get him on board now-ish um, to see what he could come up with. We have a substantial cost coming up in the foreseeable future, so I'm still a bit mindful of that. And for what I can do, you know, by myself at no cost, so much the better. If things start costing, I don't know, four hundred to a thousand dollars a month, which is the way I typically retain artists, it's probably not going to be going anywhere in the near future. I probably need to work on the tools a lot more now. Now, of course, Apple has all this new sprite kit stuff. I mean, they periodically release this kind of stuff. But unfortunately for Noble Ape, it's going to have to be something... I could use a PNG import, uh, and I'm really mindful of Bob Mottram's work there, and that probably might be uh, a definite maybe, definite possibility, um, particularly because I'm going to be retaining a lot of graphics through this. But, you know, it's early days yet. I'm still specking what the engine will look like uh, in terms of, you know, speed of interaction, things like that. But it will be, as uh, with Bob Mottram's graphing, it will be just another graphics path to the simulation. And I probably should actually write a better interface for that. I'm getting a little mindful that some of these interfaces need to be written more generically, so it's just easier to port this stuff. In terms of the releases, I think I've done uh, maybe two or three releases uh, in the past couple of months, mainly just to get a lot of this work out there, just to kind of force the quality part, force the testing part, and get a sense of um, you know what the multi-threaded Noble simulation is like. There was one bug, actually... Uh, which went on recently that I probably need to re-push. There was a, a loop where I was only accessing a small number of the <laughs> small number of the threads, which I think actually was one of the released versions, so I probably need to release another version uh, in the near future. But yeah, the best way to get a sense of the current developments with Noble Ape is actually to go to the GitHub uh, project. That is where I'm putting all the code currently, and I'm certainly faster to check in code than I am to re record eight realities. So your best bet is probably to go there uh, just to get a sense of the current stuff that I'm working on. I have looked at a few third-party engines in order to do this, uh, and all of them have been, unfortunately, just a bit too, like, lots of external dependencies that aren't really integrated properly. And that, I guess, would be my resolve not to go with a PNG format, basically. Although... It's pretty doable on most platforms. It just gives something else that has to be maintained. If I could do it relatively swiftly, so much the better. I've also looked at compression uh, recently, in particular compression associated with the, the cognitive simulation, also compression associated with the weather. And that's going to be an ongoing project as well. I'm interested in like re-engaging with a set of developers. And historically what I did was use... SourceForge for that, just as a means of getting in contact with developers that had a bit of idle time and were looking to work on things. I haven't really done that recently. So the development, the developer mailing list, a wide bunch of stuff all basically dropped off. Another thing I've thought about, particularly through the recent cycle of uh, you know simulation releases, is creating an App Store bundle. And this is a Mac App Store here, bundle of the simulation. I could probably also, because I have an iPad version, uh, release an iPad version. And I think this is this would be a substantial project. And my interest really is actually to get the new graphics 
to a stage where they're visually interesting and then it could very easily be a kind of drop onto iPad, um, you know, experiment. But that in and of itself is probably at least six months away and will require some dedicated time from an artist to actually work on the, the various components. And that, I think, is um, why I'm a little bit hesitant at this stage to make that kind of commitment. But if the existing simulation was released on the App Store, I think you would see a vast number of users, which we're not seeing currently. I think the last release, even through the usual distribution channels, such as Fresh Meat, what have you, hundreds of users, potentially low hundreds. I haven't actually gone back and looked, but I was really quite disappointed with the download numbers. I just thought, you know, this the simulation used to be released and they used to be able to get to at least 4,000 people within a week. And now I guess the only way to do it is through, you know, for, for the Mac at least, is through Apple's prescribed interface. And I've really got to get on board with that. For me, it just means a, you know, $99 a year registration. I did that for a year. I've allowed it to lapse because I'm not really getting any benefit publishing to the to Apple's uh, Mac App Store through that. But, you know, it's something I can think about, something I can work on. But in the short term, well, the short term being the next six months, I think the graphics are the thing that I'm going to uh, work on most. And the interesting thing is, even if it's a relatively abstract graphics, even if it's almost like a pencil drawing graphics, the uh, impact that people will have in viewing the simulation through this interface, just to get the sense of the level of detail and the kind of interaction that's going on, is extraordinarily valuable. I mean, that's the thing that's missed currently. I have, you know, have many core processes I need to do this stuff, but visually the simulation is just not accessible to a broader audience. And I think this gives me the opportunity actually to do something cool. You know, this gives me the opportunity to create an interface which is relatively unique, but also that uh, a broader audience can be receptive to. Uh, and I'm certainly very mindful of that. I've thought a little bit associated with dynamic rotation as well, which would be a very interesting interface to have. So you basically have a flat panel, but you can rotate it um, as much as you'd like. And certainly I can write an algorithm uh, that will do that very easily. Um, but yeah, so some potential in the very near future to do some really very interesting stuff. If you have any ideas, any comments, I don't get a lot of email these days associated with Noble Ape. I have a few listeners through uh, the Stone Ape podcast that are like strong Noble Ape aficionados. But um, through just general correspondence, the main contact I get actually is from recruiters interested in recruitment through Noble Ape which is a very, very strange thing in and of itself. But anyway, thank you very much to everyone for listening to this impromptu ape reality. I just thought I got a bit of time spare. I got some new editing techniques. I just wanted to get something out there, uh, get you know some audio back to the community. And if you find meaningful benefit through ape reality, I do put that out there. I closed down Fresh Sim as well, I probably should note, um, in the past month or so, primarily due to just no activity. So... Now I have a somewhat a, a kind of bind where if I get a lot of correspondence, a lot of feedback, a lot of interest, and a lot here is almost like a daily basis um, through the other stuff that I'm doing, it's pretty heavy on the community that has previously, you know, checked in, tuned in uh, occasionally to these, you know, Noble Ape related ramblings to start thinking, oh, geez, I better email that Tom Barbele schmuck in order for him to produce more of this stuff. I'm going to continue to produce Noble Ape no matter what. I mean, this is something that is so central to my life and my thinking that Noble Ape isn't going in anywhere anytime soon. 
But, um, well, that might actually be the problem. But, but, but aside from that, recording these podcasts is just a secondary thing. I may get back into it, actually. I mean, it's been, what, at least eight years now of recording these things. So, you know, that's a fair whack of time. And I'm sure my accent has changed dramatically over this period of time, too. Anyway. Tom Barbelay in the San Francisco Bay Area recording one of these ape reality things. Please do get in contact if you have any comments, any questions, any ideas. And, um, yeah, stay tuned for uh, more occasional periodic recordings. I might actually put in some um, video footage of the new interface when that gets up and running, because I think that's where things get very, very interesting. Anyway, Tom Barbelay in the Bay Area, signing out. <laughs>